Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Brazilian Polyglot. I am Ludmila. I am a polyglot, and I speak six languages. Portuguese, English, Spanish, French, Italian, and Russian. I'm also an English teacher, and I help students from all across Brazil develop their English language skills through the Eoro method, a method that speeds up your language learning process, which was developed by me. I currently own an online language school, Brazilian Polyglot School, where I teach the Eoro method applied to the English language. I love my work, and my goal is to help you speak English fluently and accurately sooner than you can imagine, because I don't believe we need to wait years and years before being able to communicate in English. That's why I developed this learning method, which is, by the way, the same method that I used to become fluent in my languages too. If you want more tips on how to learn English effectively and how to develop your four skills in the language, stay tuned in my content. I am active on Instagram and I go live on YouTube every Wednesday at 8pm Brazil time. I'm sure you will benefit a lot from the content that I produce. In today's episode, we will learn the use of the modal verb could, and as usual, we will have a brief explanation of its use and then you will see lots of coulds in context within a story. We use could to show that something is possible but not certain. For example, they could come by car. Maybe they will come by car. They could be at home. Maybe they are at home. We also use could have to make guesses about the past. It's 10 o'clock. They could have arrived by now. Where are they? They could have got lost. We use could to make general statements about the past. It could be very cold there in winter. It was sometimes very cold there in winter. You could easily get lost in that town. People often got lost in that town. We use could and couldn't as a past form of can. She can speak several languages. Present. She could speak several languages. Past. They can dance very well. Present. They couldn't dance very well. That's the past. We also use could to ask for permission to do something in a more formal and polite way than can. Could I ask a question, please? Could we go home now? Okay, now, having laid out the initial theoretical foundation on the use of could, let's dive into the story. The Unfortunate Inheritance, Part 1 Patrick rents a flat on the outskirts of London. He lives alone and doesn't have many friends. He is in his 50s and a widow. He works most days as a bus driver and will spend his free time watching gardening shows because it reminds him of his wife. Patrick didn't know his father, but never thought much of it because his mother managed to raise him on her own. He was bored of his day-to-day, -day, but couldn't do anything to change it 
Until one day, a very fancy letter came through his letterbox, which Patrick found strange as he only gets bills and takeaway menus through his door. What could this possibly be? Patrick says, as he inspects the letter. It was in a large envelope with special designs on the paper. The letter was sealed with a wax stamp in the shape of a family crest. Patrick grabbed the rest of his letters and went to sit on his chair. He very gently opened the letter, and he could see it was written by hand. It seemed old. As Patrick opened the letter, he noticed a pair of keys falling from inside. He put the keys aside and began to read. Dear Patrick Wilkinson, I represent the Murdoch family. We believe you are the heir to Mr. Alfred Murdoch. He did not have other children and admitted to having a child out of marriage before his death. We know you are his child. By his wishes, we have sent you the keys to his mansion. I ask that you come to the home as soon as possible. The address is the Hollow Meadows, Long Tree Close, Lynchmere, GU3, 3QW. If you decide to move here, we will receive a monthly allowance to live in the home. I will be in the mansion for the next month to guide you through the process. I hope to hear from you soon. Kind regards, Hugo Garlan, Executor of the Will. This sounds too good to be true. This is probably a scam, Patrick thinks to himself. He puts the letter down and opens the rest of his post. The letters are left on top of the television and the mysterious keys too. He continues about his day and forgets about the letter. When he gets back from work, he notices the letter has moved from his TV to the coffee table. How strange, I swear I put it over there. He picks up the letter and reads it again. What do I have to lose? I have a day off tomorrow and I wasn't gonna be doing anything anyways. I might as well check it out. Patrick goes to bed thinking about what he, this house could look like and if he could learn anything about his father's family. He wakes up the next day, watches the morning news while eating his breakfast. After he is done, he picks up the letter, the keys, and gets into his old little car. The drive takes a while, especially as there are a lot of small dirt roads in the countryside. His car makes all sorts of different noises, but eventually he arrives in Lynchmere. Just as he arrives, his GPS starts to send him around in circles. The signal starts to go, and now Patrick is lost in the countryside. Unsure of where to go next, he stops at a roadside shop to get some lunch and ask for directions. The building is made out of wood and looked like it was almost falling apart. There were holes in the windows which were blocked with cardboard and tape. On the outside wall, there was a wind chime which was very rusty but still making soothing sounds. Patrick opens the creaky door to see that the shop is dusty and there aren't many things on the shelves, and he hears a voice from the back. Hold on a second, I'll be right with you. Patrick wanders around the shop and doesn't find anything interesting. He makes his way to the counter and sees some food in a heated container. 
Out of nowhere, a man appears. He's elderly, close to his 80s. He sees Patrick through the top of his glasses. Oh, hello, Paul. Is everything all right? Asked the man. Hi there. Could I please get a sausage roll and a Cornish pasty? Replied Patrick. Of course, that will be three pounds, please, said the man. Anything else I can help you with? He asked. Here's the money, and actually, yes, I need some directions. Do you know where the hollow metals is? I've been told it's nearby, but I can't find it with my GPS, replied Patrick. Are you talking about the Murdoch house? He asked with a concerned look. Yeah, that's the one, replied Patrick. I wouldn't go there myself, but if you're sure, as you leave the shop, you take a left and drive for a couple minutes. After you go over the little bridge, there will be a dirt road to your right. But if you keep going up that road, you will find the house. But I will tell you now, Patrick, don't stick around after the dark. Weird things happen in that place. It is best you're not around when they do happen, said the shop owner. Thank you very much, replied Patrick, making his way out of the shop. As he leaves, he gets a chill down his spine, noticing that the wind chimes had stopped and that the air was really still. Patrick pauses before getting into his car. Wait a minute, how did he know my name? Never mind, I'm just being silly. Let's see what this place is like then. Well, that was it for today, guys. Next time, we will see part two of this story and we will learn what happened to Patrick if he managed to arrive at the mansion. If you liked this episode, make sure to check out my other social media such as Instagram, Telegram and YouTube. I will leave the link to all of them in the description down below. Also, remember to download the transcripts to this episode on my Telegram channel if you are a beginner. That way, you implement step 2 of the Ouro method, observation, that will help you skyrocket your vocabulary in English. See you next time and take care! Mm -hmm.